0: Brought to
1: the party. I brought to the party. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How have you been since last week?
2: I've been really good since last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have uh, an exciting piece of news that I would share, (gasps) Uh, if you can indulge me for just a moment. Absolutely. Take all the
1: moments you want.
2: I got a package in the mail last week, and it was from Card Kingdom, Mm -hmm. And Tori just handed it to me and was like, here you go. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's weird. I didn't order any cards. (laughs) And I looked at the package. The package was addressed to Alcadron as a first name and then my last Uh name as a second name. And she was like, you clearly did order cards. That's your name. And I was like, when I order cards, I don't have them shipped to my screen name. (laughs) I use my real name. Uh-huh. And so like I had this big mystery moment where I was like, what who, who knows my address but also knows me as Alcadron? Like, what happened here? How did yep. how did we get to this point? It was my brother. <gasps> my brother uh is is a fan of the podcast. He loves building decks. Amazing. Uh I've I've talked about his uh his Togo Holana deck times before. Mm-hmm. He yep. he loves finding commanders that no one else has built a deck for like zero lists on moxfield and he he likes trying to build those and there was one he he put together a list for recently and he was like this seems really fun it seems like the kind of casual build that dave would really enjoy Mm -hmm. i'm just going to order every card off card kingdom and send it to him for his birthday (laughs) so i am now the proud new owner of a coastline marauders deck which looks remarkable
1: I have to I have no
2: look idea what that up. Is. Coastline Marauders is a mono red, three mana, zero three trampler. With okay. two abilities. Oh, I'm on board. First is when it attacks, it gets plus one power for each land defending player controls. So okay. if you attack the Simic player with fourteen lands in play, then it's a fourteen <laughs> three. Which that's just game over, seems, right? Seems pretty good. Yeah, it's a 14-3 it seem Trampler. Seem, seems pretty yep. good for a three-mana attacker. And here's the part that's really fun. It has Encore. <laughs> you can attack the whole table. Everybody. For however many lands they have. All at once. All at the same time. And I think that's beautiful.
1: I really thought by now that I had fully explored commander legends
2: and i have never seen this card yeah before. you same <laughs> you fool you you fool you you have not wow. finished exploring commander legends no one has clearly there were I like have 600 not. cards in that set no 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 yeah. no brad you have finished exploring
3: commander legends they just keep secretly printing more cards into the set uh, they must yeah. they just keep slapping the set
1: symbol on it yeah
2: yeah, so wow, that's uh, cool. I I that's just cool I got this whole deck in the mail. It's full of like really fun things, like uh, you know, like ways that you can sacrifice it, like fling, <laughs> like oh, fling is so gross. good in this deck because it, it lets you <laughs> sacrifice the original so that you can encore it, or yeah, it just lets boy. you sacrifice the encore token that's gonna die anyway, and <laughs> just like yeah,
1: for sixteen to the face. for
2: sixteen to the face, <laughs> like the numbers get so out of hand in this deck, I. Cannot wait to try it out. So uh, that is
1: super fun,
2: brother. If you're listening, thank you. I well I love done, it. well done. I'm excited about it.
1: A okay. Podcast applause for that's, you. That's
2: that's how I'm doing. Uh, carry on with your regularly scripted show intro.
1: All right. Well, uh, next up is our resident PhD PhD Liam. Did you also get a deck in the mail, or how's your week going?
3: Uh, I didn't just get a deck in the mail. I got eight decks in the mail. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I I put an order into Card Kingdom uh, uh two or three weeks ago.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: it, it took a minute, but I don't blame them.
1: Was it full eight decks or was it like eight it, decks worth of missing pieces? It
3: was it was not full eight decks, but it was like eighty percent of eight decks. Ooh, um nice. Yeah. It's a good order. So so it was quite large. It arrived and it dawned on me that it was eight decks, and none of them contained blue. Uh, like, completely <laughs> unintentional. You I just
2: love to see it.
3: None of them contained yep. blue. So, you know, here I am putting them together. And I'm just looking at my, like, sorting through the codes, putting them in color piles. So I'm like, where's the blue? I only got a four
1: yeah. Slice pie. And then
3: I, I looked at the commandos I was writing. I was like, there's no blue. What is going on? Uh, it's because Tagum didn't make it into the order. If Tagum made it in the order, they would have been blue. Ah, there you but go. I'm still working on that. So <laughs> here we are three months later. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that, that was that was what I got. Uh, Card Kingdom didn't have everything. Uh, so I, had, I did have to go to TCG for like 20-ish cards. Mm-hmm. The one package of two Benevolent Bodyguards, because they could not, like Card Kingdom didn't have them. They haven't had them since like April. And they could not get into a TCG direct package without being like $4 a piece. So yeah, they came yep. separately. They arrived today. And the rest of the TCG order is on its way with a, a date from TCG that says, yeah, they'll be there by October 15th. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> so, yeah. See you later. <laughs> so, yep. It's like, nice. cool. Ordered on September 1st. Arrive by October yep. fifteenth.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, TCG for Halloween.
3: Yeah. Thanks, TCG. Love it. Um. What are you What are you doing? Sending a like a carrier to walk. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> I
3: whatever.
1: It's the Pony Express. Um. <laughs> it's this Bill the Pony Express. True snail mail. Uh. But yeah. <laughs> so,
3: it's exciting. Awesome.
1: That is good. Good stuff. Uh. We got a fun main topic this week, but as usual, we got to do a little bit of housekeeping. If you like the show and you like what we're doing here, uh, consider supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. Uh, by being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is usually, uh, as of late, it's been about an hour plus of recording. Basically like a little bonus episode each week. If you're interested in the history of our concert going and heavy metal listening uh, resume, you should, you should sign up for the Patreon. It'll be... Uh, the pre-show will be posted tomorrow evening along with the episode before it goes live to the public and you also get show notes so you can follow along with what we're talking about on the actual episodes. Uh, And then lastly, as a patron, you get access to the PDH pod discord server where you can chat with us. You can chat with the uh, other patron families, family members, family members. You get help with your decks and uh, just have good conversations all the way around. Lastly, if you want to support us other ways, you can check out the YouTube channel and our twitch channel we are just the pdh pod on both of those platforms as well and the latter is where i stream Spelltable, uh pauper commander every saturday evening so go ahead and check that out if you will uh what do we got for this week in magic liam well i, I did have a quick question real quick <gasps> oh, yes. are you streaming this saturday this saturday i am not taking any hardware to vegas so i will not be streaming this saturday you're gonna be in vegas I will be nearly on the West Coast. Where can yes. people find you in Vegas? I will be at Magic Con in Vegas. Uh, I already forgot the convention center is being held, but I'll be there all weekend. I'm arriving early afternoon Friday, and I'll pretty much just be at the convention uh, until they kick us out, pretty much. I'm not leaving Vegas until Monday morning, so I'm going to be there all three days. And then Saturday of the event, from 3 to 4, I will be in the content creator section uh for like i guess what they're calling it like a meet and greet and kind of come say hi do whatever play a game or whatever uh just sort of like see me in person if that's something that you're interested in doing at all um play games hang out all day and uh yeah i just plan on jamming as much pdh as humanly possible into about 60 hours so that's my plans so yep that's a long way to say there will be no stream on this saturday all right. Well, this week in
3: Magic, we've got more secret layers. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta, huh. gotta love them. Weird. Um, gotta love them. There is a John Avon artist series secret layer that was spoiled uh, and will be released on October 2nd ish. Around mm-hmm. then, I'm I'm not entirely sure on the date, but it's around then. It's around then. And then there was another secret that was announced. It is Ponies the Galloping Two. Uh Two. This is completing the cycle. Uh, it is. See if I can do this from memory. Uh, the Applejack's one, um, Flutter, Flutterfly, Rainbow, something, Sparkle. I um.
1: You got Applejack and Fluttershy. Yep.
3: Uh, the the rainbow sparkle Scott flying in haste and good party.
1: Rainbow Dash. Rainbow Dash. Uh, yeah. The last one is a Boros. I guess I guess Rainbow Dash was Boros also. Uh, mm, yeah. Help me out here. Last one is whenever you cast a spell with a smile in its art, you create a tapped treasure token. Uh,
3: that is Smile Bear, Happy Bear. (laughs) <laughs> you're close I don't know. not close it's
1: pinkie pie
3: yeah i'm not even close all right um but it completes the cycle for not rarity uh the first the first my little pony that that cared about having a bunch of others but only one was actually printed this completes the cycle so now now everybody can win the game on the first one that came out like in 2019 but yeah so that is going to be released sometime between 47 days from now I, which I don't know when that is. <laughs> you do the math. That's what the Secret Layer website says. Or Yep, 47 days and eight and a half for, hours. Yeah, 47 or, days
2: from Wednesday, September 20th.
3: Yes. Yes, from time of recording. Yes. Uh, or March 1st, 2024, because that's what the purchase page says. So, so when you go to the Secret Layer webpage, right, and it, it has a giant banner at the top says releases in 47 days, it's got a little countdown timer, right? But if you actually click on it, where you would purchase it from when it is available. It says the release date is March first, twenty twenty-four. So I don't know. You pick a day. Hopefully it shows up, and hopefully it shows right. up by then. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's Secret Lair. You figure it out.
1: Um. Yep. Yeah, that's that is their uh, unofficial slogan. <laughs> yeah, that's this week in Magic. Awesome. Sounds good. I'm actually pretty stoked for the uh, John Avon Secret Lair. I don't know if I'll pick one up, but it just it's cool that he was able to uh, have his own series. He's one of the most uh, popular. MtG artists, so I thought that was pretty neat yeah I, I think
3: it's I think the artist series is great like I like I was I was talking in the this the discord this week like of of all the secret layers that they do, some of my favorites are the artist series, where it's just you get a, yeah. a classic or a modern artist. Uh, or sometimes even a newer artist who just comes in, picks four or five cards, tells their own little mini story, gets new artwork on some cards, maybe a common, maybe a mythic, you know, whatever they like, mm-hmm. and and just goes to town with some just absolute gorgeous artwork on just a basic magic frame. Like, I don't yeah, need all the yeah, bells yeah, and whistles and flares
1: with every single secret layer. Right, sometimes it's just all about new art that's really good yeah i like think it doesn't have to be the vh at vhs cassette oh my god don't even baseball cards and all that crazy stuff sometimes it can just be really good art yeah silly you know but i feel like that's how they started anyway Oh, all right. Well, thanks for that, Liam. I think we're gonna move on to the main topic here. Uh, sometime recently, I don't know, maybe last year. Time is kind of fake. I think that's what we've decided here <laughs> on the PDH Pod. Uh, we got a pretty interesting and entertaining listener question from Average Kobold, and we decided to turn it into a full-fledged episode. So this week we're gonna take a little bit of a breather. It'll be a, a little bit of a uh, um, a lighthearted approach to uh, all of our serious proper commander talk, but we're gonna have some fun and possibly some controversy here as we talk about pdh pet peeves and hot takes i think that's pretty self-explanatory we don't need to go too much into depth there everybody's got them everybody's got opinions everyone's got hot takes and pet peeves i think we're going to start sort of on the um we're going to work our way up in positivity so we're going to start with the peeves here uh dave do you want to start us off i
2: would love to start it off uh the first peeve we have on this list comes to us from ryan and it is a uh, the king making situation mm-hmm. uh i'm going to read what is written here so that no one uh is misinterpreting well i mean all all of you listeners can misinterpret this however you want let it not be said that <laughs> yes, i have misinterpreted pretty. ryan's words uh <laughs> what ryan says about king making is while it's socially and tactically complicated and sucks to be in that position the answer is to do nothing and hope that the situation changes for some reason. It's surprising how often circumstances do change in unforeseen and unpredictable ways. And that situation that he's referring to is when usually when one player has been eliminated, there's uh, there's three players left in the game. Yeah. And you are in a position where you could attack player A and then die to player B. Or you could attack player B and then die to player A. But you cannot yeah. kill them both. So the the king making scenario is like when you have to choose which of these players you are going to attack and kill and yep. and you by by, do, by making that choice you're essentially choosing which other one wins the game. Yep. And uh I do think that that's moderately frustrating. Uh I think that sometimes like doing nothing isn't the answer. If you know that like player A has the combo online and is going to de- like if you pass the if you do nothing and pass the turn to player A and th- if that gives player A the game, then doing nothing is the same as killing player B. Like th- those aren't different I situations. Had I had not thought about it like that. Like yeah. I mean I've I've seen that happen once or twice where you know someone like I saw a game once where someone someone tried to combo and another player stopped the combo by countering the combo spell with memory lapse to put it right on top of the deck (laughs) and then everyone just passed the turn without attacking Uh, that guy and he was like oh i draw my combo piece and i win and then everyone was very surprised (laughs) and i was like are you playing the same game that i'm playing like what just happened uh what's going on so like there there was some king making happening there but i like i feel like sometimes doing nothing is the same as you know killing the wrong player or i mean maybe like if you really want that combo player to win you can do it but like i feel like in that case purely out of spite i would have killed the combo player trying to win and then player B.
3: so i feel like in this scenario where like if if player a has a combo ready to deploy Mm -hmm. and player b doesn't have a way on board or or that you are aware of that you know about to kill you it's not a
2: king-making scenario. Oh, but the problem is, so like the the but if the player B
3: also has a combo, or player B has combat damage on board. Then I mean, killing letting player A combo off doesn't doesn't matter. Like if you kill player A, player B kills you.
2: Sure, and like that, that situation is genuinely very frustrating. That that's yeah. certainly a pet peeve. Yeah, the, the, the I, game yeah, I'm. Thinking I think that's of, the
3: situation we were going for.
2: The game I was thinking of, the the, the decision making player, the king making player, could have attacked the combo player to death. Sure. But player B definitely had enough combat damage on the crackback to kill the the the, the king making player. Yes. Yep. And the the king making player, like in the situation that I was watching, like the yeah, the king king making player choosing to do nothing. Is the exact same outcome as the king-making player choosing to kill player B and letting sure. a combo. Yeah. So like, there sometimes doing nothing doesn't work, and that's genuinely frustrating. Like I, I think that per- personally, I just have a vendetta against combo decks. Like I would, I would kill the combo <laughs> deck and, and die, die, die a noble and glorious death
1: by I mean, the right sword. That's fair.
2: Like when when doing nothing is itself a decision and you have no choice but to make a decision, that's the decision I choose. Sure. Speak, that's fair. Speaking of being vindictive and having a vendetta and killing players <laughs> out of spite, I would like to share with you Papa Popper's other pet peeve, which, which is headhunting. Folks who throw themselves at another player with no plan to win, with the simple goal of ensuring that they, the other player, don't win, this violates the rule zero agreement of CPDH that all players seek to take to take game actions that increase their odds of victory.
1: What is what is this pet peeve? How does this translate to you? Like, how, you know, since none of us here really play a super amount of CPDH, how does that translate into our normal? games are normal pods of players
2: i think that so in, in in cpdh land i think that there are certainly times when this happens and it is certainly very frustrating i also think that sometimes people are sort of like tossing this word around much more liberally than i think the word warrants like if someone the 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 headhunting one. the headhunting like so, sometimes like if I sit down at a CPDH table and my opponents are Abdel Candlekeep and Bogart Ram Gang and Secret Door, <laughs> I'm going to throw literally everything I have at the Abdel player. Because I'm I'm I think that is me taking game actions that increase my odds of victory because I think that, that person is categorically the biggest threat. And like yeah, I'm yeah, the threat at the table. Right. Like, I love Bogart Ramgang. Sweet deck. Secret door? Dope as hell. They're not what's going to kill me. (laughs) Abdel is going to kill me. Like, if I do this, and then Abdel says, you're headhunting me, why aren't you attacking the other players? Like, I'll be like, I I don't think you're using that word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. But, like, so, like, some (laughs) teams... So, I guess my concern is, like, if if someone sits down and says, you know, I've played against you before, and you won that game, so I'm going to make sure that you don't win this one. Sure, that's yep. headhunting. Sure, that's, holding yeah. grudges or, between games, or you sit down and I, you're like, Alcadron's yeah, on his every Marty deck's on par with each again. other, and you're
1: like, Alcadron's on. <laughs> Gotta make sure just he like, dies first. A, a goblin deck, and I sit down. I'm like, I hate goblins, so I'm killing Alcadron first. Sure, 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 like, sure. What?
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so like, <laughs> there there have been games where I've sat down with strangers and someone like. I've just been like completely played out. I've had nothing, but people go like, "I don't know the rest of you, but I know the name Alcadron, and that scares me. I'm gonna kill him, and I'll be like, you know, <laughs> like that's fine, I guess. <laughs> that's that's fine. Like, sure. I, I, if if this is the reputation that I've cultivated, then I've, I'll, I'll, I will happily make my peace with that. But, um, <laughs> right. So like, th- there is, there are times when this is like, you know, really crappy. And like it's no good to do and it's no it's feels real bad to have done to you. Like there there are times yeah. like Liam mentioned holding grudges, and I I wanna in defense of grudges, there's a lot of like bargaining and table talk and like politicking that goes on in a game. And if oh. someone if that is happening to me and someone betrays my trust, I will absolutely yeet them out of every single other game I play with that person first, and I will feel zero guilt about it
1: like if I, sure yeah cuz that goes beyond the table right. thing.
2: If someone if someone just straight up lies to me or like makes an agreement with me and then breaks it like th- there's there's no more there's no more trying to win while, in the next while game. there's I trying to make that person lose and agree the with game. the sentiment, because I have zero, zero I patience believe for that. That does fall under head Zero tolerance. So like in yep. in that sense I will absolutely hold grudges. Like that's that's the price of lying. If you if you lie now,
3: as long as you're not doing it in an unsportsmanlike manner. Like, if you're also calling the other player slurs, then we can kick you out for that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but now, I'll, I'll headhunt about sniff. it. Like, that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> is a judge going to kick yeah, me out you for can... doing it?
3: Like, Right, it's not against the rules. That was 100% headhunting.
1: I, sure,
2: yeah. I My plan was to not do that, so uh, I think I'm safe.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa! Now, now, when when Sniff went after scooby Drew in Detroit,
2: was that was that head hunting or was that just straight brutality? <laughs> no, Sco- Scooby Scooby deserved it. Scooby knew it, exactly what he was doing. He brought he brought a damage prevention deck into a game with Sniff. Like, yep, sure did. There's only there's only one way that ends. Everyone knows it. Like, yep. that's. It's like waving a red flag in front of a bull and then being surprised when you get gored to death. Oh, like <laughs> I
1: think at one point you even said Sniff you don't have any permanence left to sacrifice and he said I don't care. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> he sacrificed his entire board twice just to kill the player who wasn't doing anything except preventing damage. Like Yep. He sure did. <laughs> Sniff Sniff is the embodiment of like and I took that personally. <laughs> 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 that was that was beautiful. I loved oh. I loved to see it. Um, that was that was something to see for sure. So yeah, we have uh, we have this two part, part here: have king making and head hunting. I've I've talked a lot about how I feel about these things, uh, and I've probably talked over Brad and Liam about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn over the mic. What do you guys think about king making and head hunting, beyond what has already been said?
1: I, and I think you pretty well covered it too. It does king making is a crappy. As the kingmaker, it is a pretty crappy position to be in. Oftentimes, I end up just doing nothing. Like, I'll just pass and see what happens. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's, like, a philosophy of mine. It's just something that I just sort of do. But I have been in the position where, you know, it doesn't matter. I either kill the, uh, you know, the the player that has 15 creatures, or I kill the player that has a combo. Like, the other one's going to win regardless of what I do. You know, and, like... The, you know, player one, I could kill player one, or I could kill player two, but I know that player one cannot kill player two. Like, it's such a weird dynamic to be in at a table, and I don't know, I don't really look forward to it. And it's so, it's it's a lot different in quote-unquote casual pods as opposed to, like, competitive ones, because most of, you know, take my Saturday streams, for example, most of those games are decided absolutely on the battlefield in combat via commander damage or you know what have you like Mm -hmm. so it's just it's the king making doesn't often come up a lot in those scenarios thankfully because it's everyone's sort of on the same you know well battlefield I guess everyone's sort of on the same battlefield sure and um, so you can sort of see like multi you know three turns ahead what Loverd's going to be doing and who he's going to be attacking and who presents the threat to him so you can there are Situations like that are a little more telegraphed, mm-hmm. but I can see you know if you're in a pod with combo players or top tier decks, like it can definitely get a little murky, and it's not something that I ever look forward to. So totally I don't think fair. I had anything to add really, other than just yeah, king making is tricky, and regardless of the outcome, it never feels really good. <laughs> so, uh, Liam, you want to take the next one? Sure. Uh, so, coming from Twitter, Fox
3: Noctum said, when someone plays Papa, and then starts talking about how much they like Papa, and the next thing you know, it's been two days. (laughs) So I think Fox is just saying that he doesn't like Papa.
1: Which is... Possibly.
3: Certainly a pet peeve to have. Feels a bit like a hot take coming from our point of view. However, I can understand Fox's point of view as well. Uh, I don't really know what else to say besides, uh, Papa is the best format and, oh, would you look
1: at that? It's been two days. It's been two days and we're still talking about it. Whoops. So, one of those, I totally I, get it, but sorry, not sorry.
2: I trust Brad to edit out that two days worth of content, make this still into a reasonable sized
1: Yeah, I, I think, like, yeah, I've got, podcast. I've got so many days worth of audio just piled up. We could probably take the next six months off and still have an episode every Heck week. yeah. Same. Perfect. It's the magic of editing. But yeah, popper players uh, do be like that sometimes.
2: I don't know. What do you got, Dave? I have never had that conversation with someone. Like, I, I based on uh, what was written, I agree that that would be very irritating if someone talked to me. If someone started a conversation with with me about popper and I found myself to be a hostage in that conversation for days at a time... I would be very annoyed with that. I feel like I've had that conversation with like D and D nerds. I like someone someone will oh, be sure. like let me yeah. tell you about my character and i'll be like oh yeah I'm, I'm i love to hear like interesting backstories and like compelling like stories and i'll be like no let me tell you about the 47 different rules supplements that i drew from to make a fifth level character that can do 130 damage in one turn i'll be like i don't know stop like how we're... i i left the oven on i have to I, I have to go and then i gotta
1: go my house is then, on fire but I'm then sorry. two days
2: later they're still telling me about the rules that i've never cared about even a little bit and yeah <laughs> yeah like so i I understand that frustration. It's just never happened to me with popper. Like, is that a sixty-card popper thing that happens with sixty-card popper players? Because
1: I I, yes. I think it's a yeah, sixty-card are definitely sixty-card players are definitely more uh, likely to do it than PDH players. But I think it's also uh, players that are new not to the game but to the popper format, and they discover like. How many decks they can suddenly build out of the cards they have, and how much fun they have, and all this brewing, and they get to play with cards that are banned everywhere else. And like, I think that's where a lot of it comes from, do, too.
3: Do you want to know how I got into Pauper in the first place? One
2: was of it these two-day-long conversation.
3: Yes. Probably. Sweet. It was one of these people. Uh, I love him uh, and hate
2: him. Uh, wasn't me.
3: No, it was not you.
2: Yeah, that kind of narrows it down. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm just one of the other seven people in the world who play Papa. <laughs> that's what it feels
0: oh, like
2: oh one of the people who does this sorry i thought you were saying one of these people who's currently on the podcast with me and i was like uh no, i feel like no. i know who you're talking about if you're no. trying to be subtle <laughs> no one of one no, no, of no, no, the
1: no, kinds no, no. of people who no, does uh, it. I see, I see i see one of the one of the two day people i
3: think his name was rob i'm not entirely sure he went to my college so yeah he had like a whole battle box that he brought like every day and I just oh yeah. oh yeah, I he just wore I was down, playing huh? sixty card before Blue Monday. Nice. Yeah. I was so happy when Blue Monday came. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, that
1: that is a very uh, so happy divisive, yeah de- divisive holiday in the pop. I world. enjoy blue, but to an extent. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it that much, so I, yeah. I was pretty happy with it. All right, let's move on to another Peeve here from J. Robad also on Twitter. Uh, although this is not strictly limited to PDH players, normal EDH players dismissing a PDH deck as being an easy target at a table full of normal decks. Uh, my decks would like to have a word with anyone that thinks that, because I've one-shot people countless times before. I, have, I, I, I agree, that would be totally annoying. That would be a pet peeve of mine as well. I just... I rarely get to play P D H in person, let alone at an E D H table. But I know, I know Liam, you've done that quite a few times, and Alk, you've probably done it too. Like, I can imagine that the, especially if you're playing with people that you don't really know or complete strangers, uh, complete strangers, you probably get some looks, some sideways glances, like, oh, all commons, huh? Like, eh, what's this guy doing? Like, is that just sort of like normal or? So I almost whenever I'm playing in person, it's almost ex-
3: exclusively this way. I sure. do occasionally get the chance to convince people to play a couple PDH decks of mine, or there, there are people that are building them at my LGS, so, so we'll, we'll get the two or three of us together, and then we'll convince one other person to try it. Nice. But more often than not, I'm playing a PDH deck in an EDH game. Like, like I've even got my playgroup to let me just use Ethos One Sphinx as my commando in EDH game. Like, they don't care. Oh, uh, nice. My, my playgroup yeah. is super relaxed on Rule Zero. Uh, there's a lot of wild stuff that we let happen sometimes but when when i'm playing like my 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 playgroup's gotten to know some of my commanders, like they know the bullshit that either one sphinx is up to sure but even then like whenever we're playing with a new whenever we're playing with a new player new new to pdh player but not necessarily new to magic right they kind of look at the the pdh like they're like you're just playing comments like when you when are you gonna play a wincon? <laughs> and I was like, oh buddy, WinCon's in hand, it's coming. Like just give me a ton.
1: <laughs> it'll it'll get here eventually. You just hold yeah.
3: it. Yeah. And and they're always shocked when the deck like doesn't flat out lose. Like, I'll put up a fight or I'll win the game or I'll come in second. Like they're always shocked when the, the deck doesn't just like I don't need Teferi's protection. I don't I don't need right. deflecting swat. Exactly. Like I, I have plenty of counter magic that will do the job. And I, yep. I think people just don't realize how much of their EDH deck is commons until they start looking at it. Like that's how I convinced people in my EDH group to play PDH. I was like, just do me a favor. Like, like you may not necessarily be using the common printing, but just take a gander through your EDH decks. How many of the cards are you playing are commons?
1: And it was always like mm-hmm. a third. It's it's a lot. Yeah, I, li- I listened to uh, to the Commander Clash podcast, and they do. They do a lot of tier ranking episodes, like best draw spells or best one mana artifact, you know, yeah. whatever they decide is a category. And it is impressive how many commons end up on those lists all the time. So I think you're absolutely right there. I
3: mean, going just just going back to like a, a hot topic in EDH is always Arcane Signet. Always arcane signet. Mm-hmm. How powerful arcane signet it is. How broken arcane signet it is. How it needs to be banned. Like, like I hear this. Oh <laughs> I hear this all the time, and I'm just like, guys, it's a common. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can play it in PDH. You just can't play Soul Ring.
2: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Is that a, is that I, a peeve of yours?
2: It's the opposite of a peeve of mine. Like, uh huh. If I sit down with a PDH deck at an EDH table, I want to be underestimated. I, I mean, want uh, <laughs> I want people to look at this deck like uh he's not a threat, it's not a problem. Like I've done this a couple times with Zada. I have a I have a Zada deck that has no sleeves, and, and I sit down and I start bridging the cards like and everyone's like, <laughs> What are you doing? I'm like, it's fine, it's all commons. and like, oh, whatever. And then they just ignore me for like five turns. <laughs> And then oh, I'm like, also idea. I'm attacking for 372, and they're like, "What? You mean Wait, 37? I'm like, um... no, 372. I did the math." <laughs> so I I love that. That's just uh, a shock. I mean, I love it when they're not expecting it. I definitely yeah. like the shock that comes
3: from from yeah, this is an all commons deck, right? Like like I I enjoy the shock or or the the curiosity that you'll get, but. There is something to be proud of when you make your EDH playgroup scared of an Ethos One Sphinx. Yeah, like to the oh, to absolutely. the point that someone else's uh, Silas Wren and uh, Timna artifacts deck that has an Ethos One Sphinx in the ninety nine, it has become a kill on sight ninety nine card. Like must be killed immediately because there will be BS that happens with that. <laughs>
0: Nice. My yeah. my
3: Papa Commander deck has made that cut an instant kill in my EDH play play group, and that's fascinating to see that dynamic.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the first time I play Zada, like I want it to be a surprise. I want people to right. underestimate it and then being like, "What is happening? How did I three seventy two? Like, how from where does comments? that come from?" And then right, like after that, people being like. Oh, it's the Zada deck. Like we have to take this seriously. That that does feel really good.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I can see that
2: for sure. But I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say either is a pet peeve. Like, if people kept on underestimating it and just kept on handing me wins, I'd be like, okay, like <laughs> I I can do this all day. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> them, like when they stop doing that and start taking it seriously, that that also feels good. But it's it's not like something that I
1: need to have happen. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah,
2: that nice level of
1: vindication. or
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, Dave, you want to take the uh, last peeve on the list?
2: Uh, yeah, the last peeve on the list comes from Scooby, and it is the feeling that some PDH card staples could use a reprint because of pricing will never get a reprint because they are not EDH staples, and there are cheaper, worse things that can just reprint to put in precons. So...
3: So it's like saying we're never going to get a snuff out reprint because they
1: can just keep reprinting Doomblade. That's exactly the first uh, comparison I thought of.
3: Yep. Because snuff out is a $10 card, and they don't want to put
1: $10 cards in precons. Yep. But Doomblade is perpetually the, uh, $0.05. Cents. The Garouk versus Liliana dual deck series snuff out
2: is 20, $25. <laughs> Doomblade's Doom not an EDH staple, is it?
3: It's it's a budget EDH staple for sure.
2: Okay. Like oh, it's yeah. not it's not yeah, seeing
3: sure. play in like your average EDH deck. It's not seeing play in competitive. But
1: I mean, for people that are just but like they're going to people keep that are
3: playing with budgets or these, stuff
1: they own, absolutely, it's it's super playable. In these precons, we're going to keep getting cast downs yeah. and not a snuff out here and there. Which cast downs good, that's fine. It it should be it, a lot of decks. It's just yeah, there has been. Especially, especially in the pre-cons. I get it for limited. You don't want Snuff Out ruining limited, sure, whatever. But in pre-cons, I don't see any reason Snuff Out cannot show up. I don't know. Makes no sense. So I, I agree with Scooby. That is a very big pet peeve of mine as well. Sure. And I'm peeved that, sure, the Wilds of Eldraine, Enchanting Tales, were... was it? They're not part of the set but you you could play them in draft is that what it was they're not part of the standard set they're not standard legal but they're part of the limited environment okay with that understanding i get why they didn't reprint one of the craziest enchantments of all time in pestilence it would have ruined draft but come on that was the perfect opportunity to give us a different art pestilence with a foil option Because they're clearly against putting it in any sort of secret lair. They're clearly against putting it in any sort of pre-con. Like, they just have ignored the card. Like, it doesn't exist.
2: They sure did. I just want the Kev Walker art with a black border and an old friend.
1: Sure. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah, like... I don't get it. And It's not like it's some random card that only Pauper Commander players play with. Like, it's, it's everyone knows this card it is iconic to magic I don't know why it hasn't seen a reprint yet it's not the you know it's definitely a feels bad card sometimes and it's a very powerful card to have at common but even if they like stuck it in the enchanting tales you know print run or whatever at rare that would have been fine I know that would have bothered Liam but like what's going on here Morrow and Gavin come on
3: while while we're talking about uh, the, the enchanting tales, my pet peeve that expands upon that and the mystical archive and the retro frame artifacts is <laughs> the fact that they keep giving us very, very good alternate art reprints for commons. And they're not putting common set symbols on them. I know not a lot of people care about this, but I care about the pauper aesthetic. I need common set symbols.
1: There's not a lot to care about it, but you are not alone. That's for sure. I've run in, I've I've talked to people that feel the same way. I know I'm
3: not alone, but I also know
1: there's very few of us. There are dozens of us. No, no, there are singles of
3: us. (laughs) 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 I, I I guarantee there are less than 10 of us in the world, but, uh, dang, I, I, it, it irks me every time. Like, I know, I know it's for draft. I know it's for limited, but come on like and it, it comes from people right. when yeah. when, I know. when did they do it they did it I know there was the the Double Masters 1 debacle where they like had box toppers in like the Tronlands and Expedition map which are commons and people were complaining like oh my commons in the box toppers da, 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 da. like okay first of all that was dope Yeah. Um, that you know they're actually giving
1: commons alternate art treatment because like up until that point they didn't well, I think the problem too was they were like uncommon the the Tron lands were uncommon in the set, but rare on the box yes top that, or was, that like was that was another problem
3: but it's just like i th- that's kind of like where this starts sort of, but it's also like I want my special promos to have common set symbols. if we can sure. do it for Sorry. promo pack promos, we can do it for bonus sheets and we can do it for secret layouts right people like like the that's the thing is like like building from the pre-show like a chaomancer is in a secret layout it gets a rare set symbol like why can't we give it a common one Pauper players want the bling too but when you put the sure. rare set symbol on it that excludes some pauper players
1: <laughs> like it's irritating
3: like like just cuz there's now a rare set symbol on it does not mean it stops being a common
1: yeah, it doesn't stop it from originating at the comment, yeah.
3: And Yeah, and I, people just see the comments set symbol and they're turned off by it. But I don't, I, I don't understand
2: why. So, whatever.
1: What do you think, Dave? What do you think of Scooby's – Scooby or my or Liam's peeve?
2: Uh, it's I, – I can understand how that would be really frustrating in a variety of different ways. It's not something that has ever frustrated me badly because, like, I just – have a lot of those, like, I I don't even know what, like, needs reprints badly. Sure. I just have access to kind of a ridiculous quantity of cards. <laughs> like, I I didn't, I didn't know that Snuff Out was $10. I still have a small stack of them.
1: When I do, dove nose first into 60 card popper, you know, Snuff Out's were a couple bucks, and I bought... You know, play sets for multiple decks. Like, at one point I had 60 decks, and, you know, probably a good 25% of those decks had swamps. So they had two to four snuff outs in there. So I I have a bunch, but it's still, like, frustrating to, to see a card as powerful as specifically snuff out that is powerful in every format it's legal. Everyone plays it in formats where it's legal. But it hasn't been printed since a dual deck 15 years ago. With all the product that has been coming out, you know, they're up to almost 1,600 secret layer cards. Not a single one of them is snuff out. Like, I don't get it. How much is that dual yeah. deck? Like, if you just buy one,
3: what's that? If you were to just buy that dual deck right now, how much would it be?
0: That's
1: um,
3: what I want to know. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm looking it up.
1: Okay. You do that. And we'll move on to the hot takes. Uh, Dave, who do you want to start this one off?
2: Uh, let's do Liam. All right. Liam's looking stuff up. Oh, uh, let's do Brad. Oh,
1: look <laughs> at that. That was your first choice, anyway.
2: Yeah, we can. All right. we can our edit first, out that part uh, where I chose Liam first. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. easy. Absolutely. That's what uh bloopers and outtakes are for. Yeah.
2: Uh, all right, our first
1: hot take is from the same author as our first peeve, Mister Papa Papa or Ryan, says casual does not equal fun but competitive does not equal unfun. The game and your enjoyment of it is what you make of it. You are responsible for your own enjoyment of the game, which is meant to be fun so long as you approach it as a game and not some measure of identity or self-worth. Don't place your enjoyment of the game in the hands of other people. Learn to love and enjoy the game and the people you're you're with in in victory and in defeat. I... Hmm. I agree with the first. I Approaching someone with, hey, we're playing a casual game doesn't mean that it's automatically fun. And competitive doesn't automatically mean that it's not fun and all serious and all business and there's no room for error and you can't make jokes at the table. Like, that's not... That's exactly true. That's exactly what he said, and that's true. Uh, The game and your enjoyment of it is what you make of it. I think that is also true as long as you're expectations are reasonable like if you just run up to a hyper competitive pdh tournament with your what did you say earlier bogart ram's head or whatever, <laughs> what <about laughs> whatever ram, that gang was. ram gang like uh, or, or whatever like you gotta know that you're probably gonna get pub stomped you're probably gonna get raffle stomped outside on the curb And if you're, if, if you're still going to have fun with that, then great. But don't, like, a lot of people, and I think this goes outside, this goes just for the game as a whole, and sports as a whole, and card games as a whole, and just board games as a whole, like, I think a lot of people hang too much uh, of their fun on winning. And that's something that I've seen, and and I struggled with it too, coming from a 60 card 1v1 format, where. Sure, it was fun to brew, and it was fun to play games, and it was fun to sit down at the LGS and and play, but like the only times you really get to play is when it's a league, or when it's an event, or when it's a paid event, or when it's a league online, or a challenge online, or a tournament, and the fun does come from winning. Like It's hard to enjoy high-stakes games like that, so I think when you're moving from a 60-card format to a multiplayer format, or a 1v1 format to a multiplayer format, it's hard to sort of break that mentality. So I think a lot of players struggle with that. Um, Because I know I did, and I'm sure, at least I hope other people do. But I think it's, your fun should come from yourself, from your expectations. Don't get them too high, don't, you know, you kind of understand what you're going into, getting into at each table, at each deck, at each player with with the tables you're sitting down at. But uh, overall, I think he's, I don't know. I don't know if this is a hot take necessarily. It's a good take. It's I, probably a take that a lot of people need to hear.
2: I to me, this feels like a counter argument against an argument fair. that I am not hearing anyone make. Like that, no one makes. Well, the, the thing is, like, I I firmly believe that casual is fun and that competitive is less fun. That is something that I believe, but that is because. I have learned to love and enjoy the game in my own way. Like I I just have right. more fun in casual games. like like what you said. When you when you sign up for this, you know, competitive game where the where the standard issue rule zero agreement is that everyone's going to take actions to maximize their win percentage, like that's just less fun for me. And that doesn't have to be less fun yes, for other people. Yes. That's I know th- I know lots of people for whom that is more fun. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying Competitive is unfun, full stop. I'm saying competitive is less fun for me, so I'm not. I'm I not sure I, I, who's I, making this you. argument I, that competitive is unfun, full stop. Well, ma- I mean, maybe the pals are. I'm not sure. Maybe, like, maybe. <laughs> but like, are, maybe we shouldn't take them seriously when they talk about competitive. Like, this feels like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's just my my perception,
1: and I'm, I'm the same way you are, like, competitive just isn't as fun. Not that yeah. there's not fun to be had in it, not, you know, anything like that, but I maybe in my mind, or maybe the way I play, there's just less room for fun in a competitive setting.
2: Yeah, I think that that's completely fair. And so, like, yeah,
1: I... Because a lot of what I find fun in Casual is the ability to self-express when I build a deck, or you know, do these silly things, these janky things, these goofy commanders, these silly combos. Like, I don't play infinite combos in most decks because I don't enjoy them, but that's fun to me. Like, infinite combos are not fun. I don't enjoy playing them. I don't Mm -hmm. enjoy losing to them. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're just not fun. So, like, to me, kind of like what you were saying, to me, a competitive game, a CPDH game is less fun because I know, even if I don't know the decks going into it, I can pretty well bet that I'm going to face a deck or lose to a deck that I generally don't enjoy. Whereas yeah. in a casual pod or even a hot, you know, quote unquote high powered pod, I'll lose to some crazy monstrous creature deck. Like I we we I it just lost to B Fine with his um Nemesis mon- of mortals. Yeah, with the Nemesis Emesis of Mortals, of with mortals. Monstrosity. Yes. I've never played against it and I lost to it and that was cool because it's never happened before.
2: That's outstanding. And that's what I
1: that's what I find fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: And then, uh, don't place your enjoyment in the hands of other people. Yeah. I think that's just life. Like that's just, yeah, (laughs) it's just like a life lesson. I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are, there are people that I've played with enough times that I am extremely comfortable. Like I trust them to play exactly the kind of game that I want to play. And like, Mm -hmm. mostly that's like, you know, the, the, the PDH pals, uh, the, the group, Formerly known as the Cult of Alcadron, uh, I've had a lot of fun playing on your streams. You know, like with with the 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 people who show up there a lot, like uh, you know, Brownie's great, Scooby, yeah, do, not not, uh, yeah, do, um, yeah, too much do, yeah. yeah,
1: and I think the Abby, the whole notion like, of yeah. oh yeah, absolutely, Abby's been a staple of the Saturday night streams. Mm-hmm. I,
2: yeah, like th- these people, like I. I am extremely comfortable placing my enjoyment of the game in their hands because I trust them to play with the similar set of like values and like approach to the game as I have, and uh, I'm about that. Yeah. Them. Sure. Like yeah, some completely fair. some people I have played with, and like like every every time you play a game, like you are giving those people a measure of control over you know what you take away from it. And like there's some people I've played games with and I was like Your involvement in the game made it terrible for me and so I'm not gonna play with you again, but like that's fine. Sure. Like I I'm yeah. I'm gonna take control of my enjoyment by like not joining those people a second time, and that's okay.
1: Right. That's okay. You know, some people wanna throw on the cleats and go out in the stadium and hit home runs and I just wanna like see if I can hit the wiffle ball past the fence. Right.
2: Like I'm here for T ball like yeah, I'm please, here for t ball and running around <laughs> please please put it please please make the goal something stationary that is difficult for me to mess up <laughs> and I will do the same for you like when when you're up to bat I will I will be the guy who runs around and grabs the ball and leaves it in a place so that it's easy for you to hit like we're we yep. can all have a great time that's first.
1: it all right what about you Liam who makes your uh, who makes your fun when it comes to PDH games uh, As long
3: as everyone gets to like do their thing, and everyone's having fun, I'm having fun. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I don't know how
2: many... I, um, I heard win- him say that competitive is awful. That's... Winning
1: winning oh. definitely feels good, <laughs> but I don't need to win. Yeah. I don't know how many times on a Saturday stream, you know, we're, we're like post-game wrap-up, you know, like the few minutes before we shut it down for the night where, you know, I'm like... Hey, whatever. I lost, but you know, my commander got to do its thing once, or I got to play these three creatures that I was hoping to play because I wanted to see how they work together. Like like Liam said, I got to do my thing, and it was cool. I lost. I've lost every time I've played with this deck, but it's done its thing, and now I can like identify with that, and that will something that will attract me to the deck, regardless of win
2: percentage. Mm-hmm. My my Gandalf deck is like that. I think it's lost every single game, but in every <laughs> single game. I've gotten to double trigger the ring, without it double strike. It does some strike. really cool stuff, <laughs> and yeah. uh, that feels like winning to me. Sure,
1: yeah, that, I think that's like the embodiment of what we're talking about here. Ah, uh, let's move on to the next hot take, Liam. Did you look up the price for the dual deck?
3: I did. So the Garrick versus Liliana dual deck is about fifty dollars on TCG Player, not including shipping, which is abysmal. Uh sure. But the two decks combined if you were to just buy the singles, total about like $45, $46. With the only cards being of note, being Snuff Out from the Liliana deck and Rancor <laughs> from the Garrick deck. After that, oh. everything is below a dollar.
1: Wow. So literally like one and a half cards is holding that entire set, that entire yep. batch of cards up. Wow. Interesting. Well, while you're at it, do you want to take our next hot take as well? I sure can do that. So we are
3: on Unsummoned Skull, uh from Twitter. The importance of incremental advantages and synergy over powerful cards and impactful plays makes PDH fun to play, but not to watch. Uh mm. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that.
1: I I am not either because I don't know that I've strictly watched a PDH game. Where I didn't know any of the players, and I was just watching it to watch the game. Right. If that makes sense.
3: Well, so so the only ones that I can think of is uh, the Dark Confidants.
1: Mm, okay. I,
3: I, I don't know any of them. I, I As far as I'm aware, I've never talked to any of them. They've um, been
2: on our show? What? Have they? Ah, Corey! Have they?
3: Corey's been on our show like twice. Okay. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> uh yeah i'm sorry cory
2: okay like a, like so we've talked ago.
3: yeah it had to have been like right at the start then
2: yeah, yeah it was it was, a, okay. it was a long
3: time ago okay so it was a long time ago while i was still learning who people were okay so but beyond that in singular interaction a year and a half ago i have never talked to them directly but i watched their content when they were making mm-hmm. it and it was enjoyable it, it kind of kept me in the pdh sphere a little bit But other than that, I think I almost strictly watch Ryan's videos and the Pals. Now, Ryan's videos aren't necessarily gameplay. The Pals is, but I watch the Pals live. And I don't know that I would call the Pals gameplay either, because they do weird stuff. The the Pals points manipulate the game past a regular PDH game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But that no longer makes it a standard Pdh game.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I can see where I I could definitely see where someone would feel this feel this way. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. W- what do you think, Dave? Are, are you a big watcher of Pdh games where you're just like, hey, they're playing.
2: I, Let me watch and see what's going on. Yeah, I like legitimately love watching games of Pdh because, like. I mean, I think that this kind of goes beyond like um, – I watched The Pals. Uh, I watched a lot mm-hmm. of the Dark Confidants videos when, when oh. those were doing their thing. I think those were a lot Lovett's of – And videos. Like, Lobert's videos, I think, are outstanding. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are sure. really good. I, yep. Yeah. The yep. – like the the pals I watch for a very different reason. Like the, the 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 way that Lobbert and the Dark Confidants did their editing, so it's just here's the gameplay action, and it just moves really fast. Like I I mm-hmm. do enjoy like watching the board states develop and like the 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 power dynamics shift across the table and like seeing what cards are going to impact and and that sort of thing. Like the pals I watch for the social experience because they're just amazing, and I love like yeah, being a part sure. of it. Um, but like. Mm-hmm aside from those things like the experiences that i've had commentating tournaments are like genuinely very fulfilling i get a lot out of it and like there's something about watching in real time that like you get at the tournaments and like sometimes you get like watching the pals as well because that's that's also live where you're just like you're, you're reading the board state and you're like Man, this whole thing flips completely upside down if if this player does action X. And if they do right. something else, or like if they do that thing, or if like it, it changes in inter- like that's very fascinating to me. And I I love watching how it develops in the interplay. So like yeah, I I genuinely really enjoy watching PDH. And like I'm not sure what who's who's this? Uh on Skull? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the basis of comparison is here. Like, maybe maybe this person comparing it to watching like EDH gameplay, and I've never done that, so I don't know what that's like. And see, maybe it's maybe
1: it, you <laughs> know he, he, he so. says the um, the importance of incremental advantages, synergy, powerful cards, impactful plays, yada yada yada. But maybe it's just maybe it's just that because you know I follow enough people on Twitter to where when I just randomly open up twitch there is probably somebody that i follow streaming edh on twitch and i'll be like okay cool let me hop in there say hey give them you know give them a follow or whatever and just like boost the twitch algorithm and i can't i can't i can't watch edh i can't yeah i don't have any interest in watching edh like it's cool to like chat with the players but because edh is like so involved like even if it's not competitive there's just so many things happening in an EDH game. It's rare that the players can chat to the the viewers. It's not a very social um, game. They're social with each other, with the other players, but it's rare that they're going to talk to the chat just because there's so many things going on. There's so many different triggers. There's so many things on the stack. There's so many tokens getting made. There's so much this, so much that, which I understand. But to me, it makes EDH extremely hard to watch on stream. It's cool to see it in person. Like, I'll go to the shop, and if there's people playing at a table, I'll sit down a couple of chairs away and see what cards they're casting, and yada, yada, yada. But, like,
2: stream-wise, I cannot, I
1: cannot watch EDH.
2: Sometimes PDH Pals games get a little bit like that for me, where, like, you know, I'll start watching a game, and I'll be very into it at the start, and then, like, I'll go away for ten minutes, like, make a sandwich, or, like, talk with my wife or something, and I'll come mm-hmm. back, and, like just based on the number of like grum gullies or veteran explorers or you know howling golems based on like whatever's happened in those 10 minutes like there's just eight hundred thousand like game pieces on the board <laughs> and everyone has 20 tokens and like 15 cards in their hand and right. i'm just like like there's no way i'm going to follow what's happening in game anymore like i that that ship has sailed like maybe i could be sure. yep Like a part of this, if I'd watched everything develop like a little bit at a time, but like looking down at this board with this perspective, like I'm not going to figure this out. So I'll just kind of check out and like do something else. And like, Uh,
1: and that could be it too. Like maybe since I'm not catching these EDH streams from the moment they randomize the players from the very beginning, maybe that's the problem too. But yeah,
2: um, yeah, which which is one reason. Like I love commentating because you're you're sort of like you don't have any choice except to be there for the whole thing start to finish and like being there for the whole thing start to finish is you know like that that's that's what lets you track all of the different actions and all the the different developments like as they come and that's really enjoyable
1: yeah and, and being a commentator you're like that bridge from the players and the game and what's happening to the viewer that may otherwise not be interested right like you're trying to keep them interested and keep them informed and even if they have to like oh i you know i missed the first four turns like as a commentator you've you're filling them in without necessarily directly filling them in
2: yeah so like and that that's sort of the other thing like you know if you jump into the middle of a pals game and you're not sure what's going on like the The audio that you get with the PALS game is just the PALS socializing, which is amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely turning sure. into yeah, form. yeah, absolutely. But, like, no one's going to, like, stop the game to take 10 minutes to explain to you where all the pieces are. But, like, as a commentator, you can do that pretty regularly. You can say, like, okay, so the current situation is, like, this guy is going to threaten the table with this maneuver over here unless this other player stops. Yeah. So you can... Like you can just deliver that information with commentary like and you like right,
1: you... and it even comes out too like oh if if so and so hadn't cast that counter spell on turn two, he' have it, you know you know whatever, and that that sort of backfills yeah. the information mm-hmm. also mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So. so like you could make a very compelling case that i I am like obligated to defend like as as a commentator i'm obligated to defend the watching of pdh like like sure. it's in the contract <laughs> that i have to like sell this to people but like that genuinely that's not what ha- what's happening i like actually yeah. really enjoy it
1: yeah. yeah for sure
2: all right uh i think you're up next dave uh yeah
1: let get the next hot one Scorching talk about
2: uh, the scorching hot take from card in hand zero <laughs> the format would be just fine with uncommon planeswalkers legal as commanders sure yeah <laughs> uh, put a cork in it this one's done <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're you are correct
1: yeah, yeah, and uh, I think it was Papa Popper who's his local play group. I think uh, pre-COVID, he they that's just how they played, mm-hmm. like they played with all the normal rules except the war or the
2: uncommon planeswalkers were just legal. Well, they had, commanders they had a handful of house rules. It was uh, uncommon planeswalkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, like... they were using the common backgrounds were legal. They had banned Oubliette mm, and vanishing and maybe something else. I don't remember, but. Yeah, no. There's a they 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 played with the, the planeswalkers as legal and like nothing. The format didn't break, and uh, I will I I I feel very comfortable as telling you as a member of the rule committee. Uh, no one on the rules committee thinks that planeswalkers will break the format. We're not keeping them illegal because we think that the health of the meta would become damaged if these things got into the card pool. We're doing it strictly because we want to cleave as closely as possible to the standard EDH rules. And in EDH, planeswalkers can't be your commander unless they have that special text on it that says they can be. We haven't gotten an uncommon one of those yet. So the rules committee is uh, against planeswalker commanders. Well, they're against codifying planeswalkers as commanders in the rules. I think almost every single one of them is very happy to play against and with planeswalkers in rule zero situations. They just sure, don't want to fun. codify that officially as legal.
1: Yep, and I don't know, I know a lot of PDH players and I don't know that any of them would, need, would even really like blink twice if you just sat down with a planeswalker deck. Yeah. you know.
2: So I've got a planeswalker deck. Would... It's pretty yeah. dope. I have a I lot I'd... of fun with it.
1: I built one because we were doing uh, Planeswalker Rule Zero stream on a Saturday night. And I think I built the Kiora, the one that cares about beasts yeah. or whatever. And that was fun. Kiora goes but, hard. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, all right, that was a good one msp underscore mtg their hot take is all commander players should at least try to watch cedh check out the win cons that aren't thoracle plus consult become incredibly familiar with the stack learn to brew synergistically and hopefully break the stigma that cedh players are all a bunch of pub stumpers liam what do you got on this one
3: yeah i i'm not sure um like i've i've done the whole cedh thing. I've. I mean, I've tried it. Mm-hmm. I. I have an active, ish deck, uh, with with uh, Elsha <laughs> the uh, of the infinite, the infinite, the uh, the secondary commander that came in the 2019 Jeskai deck. I. I understand where this player is coming from. Check out the win cons that aren't Thorical Consult because I. I don't know why, but a lot of people are drawn to Thoracle, not necessarily Thoracle Consult. Yeah, not necessarily they Thorgle really concert, are. but like Thorgle specifically. I don't know why people are drawn to it. Um yes. become I don't either, incredibly but familiar really with are. the stack. I uh, I would just say if you want to become a better magic player, become incredibly familiar with the stack. Like that's just one of the steps of the journey. Learning to brew synergistically, <laughs> right. it's mm-hmm. another step of the journey. I, I would say most of us here can brew synergistically, we just choose not to. Uh sometimes sometimes (laughs) sometimes it's a little more fun that way sometimes it's not depends on what your goal is hopefully break the stigma that that cedh players are a bunch of pub stompers i i don't have the stigma i know some people do and I, i can understand the desire to break that but overall i i i think i agree with most of these things except for watch CEDH I I am going I'm going to piggyback on Unseen Smalls Hot Take where they said that PDH is fun to play but not to watch. CEDH to me is fun to play every once in a while incredibly boring to watch I'm not going to watch it Uh, and I think that these two hot takes kind of like not necessarily go hand in hand but they're in a similar vein where it comes from personal preference
1: yeah Yep. I I totally agree. And I'm, I'm kind of with you too. Uh, I'm not going to watch it, but, uh, I'm the type of magic player that like, even when I played one V one 60 card formats, I would pay attention to what's going on in almost every format that I could, any format that I could find content for just because I knew that there were cards I was missing. I knew there was interactions I was missing. I knew there was Rules or the stack, if you will, with a capital S. I knew there was something about that I would be missing, and I could find it in modern or in standard or what have you. Like, what's what's zombies doing in standard? Is there a, a zombies legacy list? Like, I would look up these things just to see, just to sort of like broaden my horizons for what's out there, and then I would narrow it down to what I was doing in pauper. Um, but like you said, I'm not going to sit down and watch CEDH. <laughs> just not. And yeah, so. But other than that, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with you, uh, Mr. Dave. What do you got you got some thoughts on this or or what?
2: Uh sorry, MSPMTG. I think you are just categorically wrong on all fronts. <laughs> uh, commander players should try to watch CEDH or try it. No, absolutely, I refuse. Uh, I have zero interest in doing that. Uh check out the win cons that aren't Thoracle plus console. Nope, don't care. Uh not because I like Thoracle console, but just because I I hate all of them equally. Uh become incredibly familiar with the stack. Already already familiar with the stack. Do not need CEDH to teach me how to do that. Learn to brew synergistically. Again, way ahead of you. I'm I I I love Synergy. I focus on Synergy overwhelmingly. Not because of CEDH. Hopefully, break the stigma that CEDH players are all all a bunch of pub stompers. If that stigma exists, it sounds like it is not my problem. <laughs> it sounds like if if that stigma exists and and you want it broken, I feel like that is uh, someone else's job to do it. Although, I mean, to that last point, I will admit that like before I got into the CPDH scene, I I was very Derisive and dismissive of it, I was like, Ah, it seems boring Once I got into it the the people that like introduced me to it and and played my first several dozen games with uh they were super fun to play with, and I loved hanging out with them. uh, I did learn a lot yeah. about the competitive scene from them, and it was a really enjoyable experience. I feel like c e d h would be a lot worse though,
1: yeah. <laughs> So and maybe maybe this hot take was directed at EDH players could be. specifically. Like you, you, you it, does it does, it does open player, with all commander,
2: commander players player. should try or watch the EDH. And I'm not I'm not sure anymore if I qualify as a commander player. Like it's been eh, I feel like the format's different enough that like a compelling argument could be made that this is just not about me. Totally fair oh who whose turn is it? is it your turn dave sure oh okay. i think we got a good one now super super i want even if it's not my turn i want to do this one yeah it's super hot i, I am delighted to share with you our hot take today from uh long time listener sometimes guest derek his hot take is three words long it is <laughs> pestilence is lame
3: I would agree. There are better horsemen. Mic drop.
2: That's it. That's the that's the entire hot take. Uh, oh, is Derek talking
1: there. about the yeah. card? I see yeah. it. I heard it.
2: I don't know. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm, that's a little sketchy. I can't totally argue with him, though. It's a hard point to uh, argue it's with. It's fairly I mean... easy to argue with. He's wrong. See? <laughs>
3: No, I, no, I, I, see, I, I see it, too. I, mean, like, I, I, I can listen, understand the I, patterns behind it.
2: If I were the owner and proprietor of uh, a little venue that we all know and love called <laughs> Heritage Druid, I, too, uh-huh. would be – I would be riding the Pestilence Sucks train hard. Oh, I, I would I, just... uh,
1: I I was the engineer on that train when I was playing Reverend Hoplite. Right? Forget <laughs> like, it. Forget it.
2: Yeah. Anyway. There are – there are definitely times when you can just look at that and be like, uh yeah, okay, that's no, that's no good. It's not going to work for us. We need, to, we need to back up do something else yeah. here. I think that I, generally speaking, I'm very happy with the number of board wipes in PDH. Mm-hmm. I am generally extremely pleased that that number is low. Yeah, I think that when the yeah. format gets completely flooded with board wipes, the format just starts to suck catastrophically. I still think it's important that we have a handful, just because sometimes these situations get completely out of hand and there's nothing else you can do about it except pestilence. And I sure. want to have that as an option occasionally. I don't want board wipe everything every other turn to be my plan A. Right, but I, was, I do want it to be a viable backup plan.
1: Sometime recently, and. Someone I follow on Twitter put up this fun little poll, and it was like, when you're building your EDH deck, uh, how many board wipes do you slot in? So so first of all, it was the automatic. Like, how many board wipes do you put in every deck was basically the question. And the options mm-hmm. were like 0 to 2. There was four options. 0 to 2, 3 to 5, 6 to 8, and then 8 plus or 9 plus. I was like, what is this format that runs double-digit Board wipe, like I don't want, I don't want that. That's not, that's not something I am interested this, in at all.
2: This is no good.
1: No, no good at all. And there was a surprising, it wasn't even a joke. Like there was a surprising amount of votes for the higher numbers. I thought, oh my god, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't imagine playing an hour and a half to be like board wipe. Let's start over. Board wipe. When, let's start over. Like,
2: oh. When I when I was getting into Commander. I was playing a lot of games with a buddy of mine named Steve who mm-hmm. this was, you know, twenty twenty eleven to twenty thirteen ish time zone. He put a minimum of seventeen board wipes in every commander deck. Jesus. What? Minimum seventeen. <laughs> and it was it was all the most irritating ones like Terminus.
0: Oh my god.
2: Terminus, Psychrift, Wrath of God, you know, just all right. of the most frustrating, terrible cards. <sighs> wow. There is one commander that is okay with,
3: that. and everything, ev- anyone else that is not okay.
2: What's the one commander?
3: It is from Kaladesh. It is Kambal, Consul of Allocation. It's three mana Whoa. for oh, two three. Oh, that guy, the tax guy? Have an opponent, cast an Oncrete, spell, that
1: player loses two life, you gain two life. <laughs> It is why is that why isn't why is that not an uncommon? Uh, common, it could be common, nowadays, yeah. But it is okay
3: there because that is like a de facto Orzhov control deck. Like that is what that deck does. Yeah. Any other commander, that's not okay. <laughs> like at all. Right. Like five is pushing it, and by a lot.
1: Yeah, and like I find myself, and it's probably just my casual player nature, but like I find myself when I'm updating a deck or kind of retootling it, or whatever. I've got my first draft built, or what have you. Like, if there's a sweet set, or a sweet card that came out of, I don't know, Wilds of Eldraine, like, and I cannot find a cut in my deck, sometimes I'll just cut Fiery Cannonade. I'll just cut <laughs> Pestilence, you know? Because I want to play this card that is more fun to me.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Rather than, oops, I win because of Pestilence, or what have you.
2: Yeah. So. No, I, I started doing that with like Relic of Progenitus and Honored Heirloom.
1: Yeah, I did that with, uh, I still put Heirloom in just because I like mana rocks. uh, Sure. No other reason. But yeah, I've definitely done that with uh, Relic and Pestilence. I still keep Crypt Rats around because I don't do a lot of like reanimation or anything like that. So usually it's just like, well, basically a Black Fiery Cannonade, if you will. For the most part, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, right here. Let's see. So that was a good one, Derek, as always. Uh, next up, we got Dallas Walker, the proprietor, the, uh, T.O. of Riches to Rags. Uh, Pauper Commander is closer to the type of gameplay that old head pauper players enjoyed before the last few years of downshifts and bannings. they all the bannings he's talking about, they're talking about, I was referring, obviously, to 60-card pauper, but I agree. I, I 100% agree. When I first got into, it took me, like, two games of pauper commander and like building one or two of my own decks from scratch. And I all but abandoned playing 60 card pauper because it absolutely is pauper commander is absolutely the way I like to play magic. It was the way I liked to play pauper before, you know, fire design and bannings and horizon sets and all this crazy stuff happened. It's just good magic like there's crazy stuff we can do there's crazy combos we can have we can do one-shot kills with certain creatures or certain commanders but that's few and far between but for the most part it's just pauper commander is the style of magic that i enjoy playing so i i don't know if this is a hot take it may well be um but i i'm completely in complete agreement with, with dallas what do you think liam i i think i i am
3: also in that agreement. i i don't have the, the olden days of sixty card popper that you do. But Sure. <laughs> I, I, I was playing a couple months before Blue Monday. And I, I kinda have a uh an understanding of what the meta was at that time before the Double Masters downshifts and Double right, Masters two right. downshifts. Like just there's there's those double whammy's downshifts, the all the excess bannings that they've had to do because they don't play test mechanics like Right. Even though we have those downshifts and those uh, 60-card band cards in our format, not having four ofs, being singleton, helps dilute those waters. And despite having access to those cards in PDH, the gameplay does feel like Old Papa does.
1: Yep. Yeah, 100%. And I'm here for it. What do you think, Dave, is... Is is that part of your love for Popper Commander?
2: Uh I've I have no idea what old Popper plays like. I, this is Well,
1: not even just old Popper, but like just good clean magic the gathering, if you will. Sure.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that
1: Yeah.
3: I haven't had good clean magic yes. gathering since beta.
2: <laughs> I do. I mean, one of my favorite things to do in a, in a game of Magic the Gathering is present like an absolutely bizarre situation and then say, just as God and Richard Garfield intended. <laughs> like, that's like. Yes.
1: Amen to that.
2: I think. I think
1: Liam should take the next hot take. I was hoping you weren't
3: going to uh, say that. Yeah, for sure. All
2: right. <laughs> no. This one's for Liam, and then I'll, I got the one a- right. after that. So yeah. Sniff, our
3: used-to-be dear friend at the PDH Pals, oh. Oh has goodness. a hot take uh, that is the worst hot take I've ever seen. So uh, please bear with me as I, I mute some of the foulness out of this take. Uh, <laughs> Turkier is Do with that what you will. I... You were oh, cut I'm, out for I'm sorry it. I don't know what happened uh is amazing <laughs> and he will never be tired of it and he loves how many dragons are in the set uh yeah that's a really, that's good, a really take. good take i yeah. i hundred percent agree with that sniff
2: yeah is is that is that take particularly hot that doesn't even seem like spicy I, it seems I, like a pretty mild take I honestly i don't yeah.
3: think that's that's too hot at all I think that's that's the correct take can't be a hot take yeah, if it's okay. correct. Yeah.
1: yeah. The correct yeah. temperature. It's not too yeah.
3: cold, not too hot. It's just right. Yeah, it's All tough. right, Alk. What, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I got
2: <laughs> <laughs> at, at the risk of misrepresenting my dear friend Sniff, whom I love dearly, uh, Sniff's, Sniff's actual hot take is Tarkir sucks and I'm tired of it Too overloaded with dragons, which the first part is factually incorrect. Uh, your your opinion on Tarkir is incorrect. Tarkir is great. The second part, that it's overloaded with dragons. Tarkir is great. That part is true. So, like, here's the thing. Dragons of Tarkir? Terrible. Fate Reforged? Terrible. Cons of Tarkir? Outstanding.
1: Yeah, it really is a classic set. Like, one of the all-time sets.
2: All I need you to do, Wizards of the Coast. Gavin, Morrow, I know you're big fans of the show. I know you listen. I'm begging you. Bring us back to pre-dragon infested Tarkir. That's all I need. You time travel all the time. We just time traveled <laughs> for Brothers War. Yeah. Just give me another reason to time travel. Send us back to, to Tarkir before Sarkhan went back in time and made the dragons have always been there forever. Did, did, well, does that make sense?
1: Yes, that makes sense. Make it make yeah. it about the want, clans and I want
2: cons yeah. again. I want yes. clans. Yep. Same I don't here. want Same dragons here. of dark here. That was that was disappointing on a lot of levels. Cons was great. Bring bring us back to cons. And when when we go back to cons, give me more three colored legend three colored uncommon creatures. Oh, that's
1: all I want. I,
3: I am I want. one of the very few people in the world that Liked both cons and dragons.
1: Mm, I, that's incorrect. I actually enjoyed... dragon, dragons of Tarkir. Or yes, dragons, dragons of Tarkir.
3: Okay. I mean, I mean both, both, but, well, but dragons yeah, yeah. of Tarkir. So I can't agree with you there. Uh, it, the set is not overloaded with dragons. In fact, I don't think there are enough
2: dragons. There's only like twenty in the set. No, there's there's definitely too many dragons. Like cons. <laughs> we can settle this right cons now. Cons had the correct number of dragons.
3: Set. Cons of Turkey. Type dragons. Zero dragons in cons of Turkey. That's perfect. set. That's correct. Set, that is, that is that's set, the number of dragons, of dragons that <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> set fate reforged. Eleven dragons. That that seems a little low. So we're gonna go to dragons of Turkey. Twenty-six dragons. That's too low.
1: No. So thirty-seven so, on the entire plane. Yeah.
3: That's so many. Versus when you go to like Baldur's Gate. I heard no complaints of dragons there and there were 59 in that set.
2: Holy crap, really? I loved uh-huh. I loved the Baldur's Gate set. Baldur's Gate set was great. Heard
3: no complaints about dragons there. Just going
2: to say I don't
1: Yeah, it's true. The Snippet reason said I dislike Baldur's Gate is one of the best sets for popper commander ever. So and it's got the, 59 dragons.
2: The reason I dislike the dragons in Tarkir isn't because I hate dragons and I wish that more sets had fewer dragons I in. think it's cuz you The hate reason dragons. I hate no, I I love dragons. <laughs> uh, the reason I hate that is because the we got this set when we were still doing block structure, and cons of Tarkir in in the in the history of this place, dragons used to be an integral part of the plane. They all died out. All that like a thousand years ago, this this was this was this place was very special to Ugin. Thousands of years ago, Ugin hung out. He populated the entire plane with dragons. Dragons were everywhere. Right. And then Nickel Bolas showed up, murdered Ugin to death, to and death. left. And with Ugin dead as hell, dragons on Tarkir died out as well. And in their absence, we got this thriving culture and community of the Khans, which was a really, really cool representation. I loved seeing all the, like, the the northern, like middle Asian kind of like Mongolian influences mm-hmm. in like the culture and the cards and the 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 dress and I loved seeing like the the three color con the wedges like sure, having sure. those I loved, represented I loved that too was yeah. super cool and like just everything about the set the aesthetics the mechanics I loved all of it and then in the storyline Fate Reforged is the story of Sarkhan Vol traveling back in time a thousand years. To the moment when Nicol Bolas murdered Ugin, right. So, yeah. so and reforging a murder fate, murdered him dead as hell. Right. So Sarkon travels back in time a thousand years to when dragons are still around, which is why there's eleven dragons, and that's fine, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, And saves Ugin's life. Yeah. Like Ugin still gets beaten within an inch of his life by Nicol Bolas, and then Nicol Bolas leaves, and Sarkon vol- rolls up and says, "I'm going to preserve your life essence, your life essence in this crucible thing, and you'll." uh you'll get better in a couple hundred years or whatever. Sure. And because he did that, like dragons continued to flourish for the next thousand years. And instead of, uh, instead of the the world being ruled by clans cons that are three color identity, Mm -hmm. dragons took over and all of the dragons are two color identity. Yes. And just the the loss of all of that like human culture and the loss of like the cool card mechanics that were there. Uh, like yeah. all of it was just so devastating to see and like that I only ever got one set of Tarkir without it being dragon infested is like legitimately very upsetting to me. Please just give me another couple sets of pre-dragon Tarkir. That's what yes. I want.
1: I think that was a very good way to put it. Like, I am I'm with you. I love the dragons. I, you know, dragons of Tarkir gave us Savage Mall. Like, hello. Come on. Yeah, I would love just going back to Car- uh, Tarkir. Sand yeah. the dragons. Like, just give us the clans and give us the barbarism and the ruthlessness and the dealings and the mechanics. So, and like, the storyline. Like, give it to us. I want so it. I yeah.
3: heard everything you said.
2: oh Counterpoint. <laughs> okay. Dragon lords. I don't care. None of them are uncommon. What does that have to do with me? It doesn't matter that they're uncommon. They're cool.
1: They are. Uh, yes. They're As a cool, creature type, but none
2: of them are cooler cool. than Chromium or Palladium Ores. The, so they're like...
3: infinitely cooler because they come from Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> false. <Wow.
1: laughs> false. I'm
3: sorry, <laughs> Booma.
0: That's true. O- uh, the OG sorry, the Elder Dragon the best. So... <laughs>
2: Uh, we can, we can do better, (laughs) I think. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, Sniff is still wrong about Tarkir. Cons, super cool. Dragons, Fate Reforged, less cool. Uh, but, uh, Liam and I both agree, and Brad, all of us agree. Cons of Tarkir was dope. Dope. Sniff is wrong about cons being a bad set. Dope AF. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that was a super long detour when Le- Liam tried really hard to pass the mic to me so I could do a hot take from the next person. And I, <laughs> I, I, it was important to me that I derail that catastrophically. Nice. Um, I'm going to tell you about the hot take from the next person. The next person's <laughs> name is, uh, Alk, which is honestly kind of a stupid name, but whatever. I don't have,
1: I, that, that's the name they gave. I. I'm yeah. Trying to be true to the
2: poster. It's Whatever. Hot Alex hot take is: I think that on the aggregate, Watsy is doing a pretty good job with magic. There are things that I don't like, and that's fine. I don't have to buy those things. But generally, my level of excitement for this game and the directions it's going has only grown over the last few years. That sounds uh, like I, a real mod. you accuse... <laughs> right. <laughs> I I accused uh, Ryan Ryan's hot take earlier of being like a, casu- a counter argument. Uh-huh the to arguments that I don't think are being made or yeah. or at least not being made with the with the frequency and or conviction that that I would expect for a counter take of this magnitude magnitude Proportion. to to be sort of like justified sure sure this thing here from alk is absolutely a counter take. I see wizards just get a lot of really bad press in like the in all the discord channels like i feel like every time wizards does anything someone is in the discard discord channel shouting about how stupid it is or how much they hate it or like why did they do that and like i get that part of that is just that like people who are satisfied don't feel the need to express their satisfaction loudly
0: they're just like
2: people like people are quietly satisfied and loudly dissatisfied so like a huge part of this is just that the the voices that are angry are getting much more elevated than the voices that are happy mm-hmm. but like i still feel like this needs to be said i think that on the aggregate Watsy's doing great yeah i it... i love the game i love what has been done over the last decade i'm excited to see what the next decade's going to bring us like is there going to be another fortnite Secret layer, maybe I don't know. God, like, probably no. right. <laughs> does. Does that impact me at all? N- no, it's no, fine. Really, like, no. Y- y'all can y'all can enjoy what you like, and I'm not going to get in the way of that. But like, right. the things that aren't Fortnite secret layers, like, are outstanding, and I love them. Sure,
1: yeah, and it's I'm absolutely there with you word for word. Watsy annoys me sometimes with the amount of product, just because I. In my heart of hearts, I want to buy it all, and I want to own it all, because I love the game. I love the cards. Uh, and it took me a while to learn or to ex- accept this, but yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Sure, they do things that I don't agree with, that the community doesn't agree with, but I think that's just kind of any business at this point. And, and you're right about the uh, the negative voices being louder. That was one thing I learned way back in one of my first customer service jobs. It was delivering pizzas. And the manager told us that if you satisfy a customer, this was based off their surveys or their whatever data they had at the time. You know, if if you satisfy one customer, they're going to tell three people. If you piss off one customer, they're going to tell 11 people. Mm -hmm. So and that's just the world we live in. So naturally, and that's just the discords you're talking about. Now, imagine Twitter and imagine Facebook and imagine all these other social media sites where people are just hammering wizards for all this stuff they're doing. And you've said it before on episodes, like really all they're doing is making subsets of cards for specific fandoms while also trying to maximize their profits. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. (laughs) Like it does bug me sometimes when I I don't want to rehash it, but we talked about it earlier. Like we've got a million different secret layers and, you know, standard is now like a four year format and we've got all these pre cons and all this other stuff when they can't, like reprint some very simple, very popular cards. That sort of thing bugs me. But as a whole, yes, I'm I'm pretty well satisfied with, with what they've been doing.
2: Right. Like if you if your view of Watson are these are the people who are the stewards of my format and I need them to do a better job of taking care of my format, then I think you're thinking about it wrong. Like yes. they're a business first. Right. Their their obligation is to maintain enough profit that they can continue paying their thousands of employees all of their all of the salaries it takes to continue making this game that's Mm -hmm. that's the stewardship here like they need they need to be successful enough in making money that they can continue making magic right and so like they're going to do things that aren't great for your format but they're going to do things that are like stay in business and keep printing cards
1: Right. And, you know, does their, you know, the person running their social media suck sometimes? Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> does their uh, willingness to, like, engage the community about specific problems with certain things? Yes, absolutely. Like, but that's that's anything. That's any business. It's not like, oh, Watsy's not, I don't know, Watsy's not going to ban the bridges out of 60 card popper. Screw them. I'm never buying another card. Like... Yeah, they could probably approach the format a little better or be a little more transparent with it, but that's just how they are. Like, I understand that it's frustrating. And it's not just pauper, I mean it's every every format. Every time they ban or unban or even print cards at this point, they're shaking up every single format. And I don't think that's on accident. Sure. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think that yep. they were unaware that the horizon sets were gonna turn modern into a rotating format.
2: <laughs>
1: you know? <laughs> And, but that only helps them out. Th- so they knew what
2: they were doing. Th- exactly. There are definitely exactly. there are definitely like specific decisions of theirs that I am critical of, and mm-hmm. I yes. I'm fine with that. On yep. the aggregate, great job. Yeah.
1: Keep yep. doing what one, you're doing. 100. Yeah. So, uh, looks like there's anyway,
2: one more in this. Anyway, in this Gavin and Morrow. I read the script. Like I've I've fulfilled my end of this contract that we've yes. arranged. Now, now you need to take us back to Tarkir. That's that's it. As per <laughs> our agreement, that's a deal. Um, that's just business. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> w- Watsy. Watsy is a business, and so is Alcadron. And so is Alcadron <laughs> like, LLC. Yep. Pay me. <laughs> pay uh, me. <laughs> no, um, I do have one other hot take in here that I just uh, I threw into the show notes because I wanted to. Uh, my hot take. I've I've been very vocal about this for a long time. Uh, I think that the command zone should be a lot more flexible than it is. Uh, we talked about uncommon Planeswalkers, legal as commanders. Uh, I think that I think the, the command zone should be open to uncommon Planeswalker. I think it should be open to uh, common backgrounds. I think it should be open to uncommon permanents that can become creatures uh, on their own merit. Mm, so okay. Okay. Uh, vehicles... Yes. Battles oh. that flip into creatures, uh, enchantments gotcha. or artifacts that flip into creatures. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any anything that can turn itself into, like, I mean, turn itself is hard because like vehicles don't turn themselves into creatures. Like other creatures, you have to tap it. Well, no, I guess you, other creatures are tapping to activate this permanence crew ability. And its own crew ability is turning itself into a creature, I think that counts or right. like, so, you know, so stuff like much I any,
1: any any uncommon card that has power and toughness printed on it somewhere.
2: I thought about phrasing it that way, and then I was like that's gonna include you know things like the Bladehold war whip, which creates a two two token, right. and like that one i don't I don't maybe like I wanna build that deck, but I don't know if I want it to be like a legal commander. Um, maybe fair. it should be. That's fair. Yeah. And then the 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 third rule of the command zone that I think should be uh, a rule is that uh, you you should be allowed to partner any two creatures that are obviously wildly gay for one another, just ungovernably. You gotta put that homosexual. I mean, you gotta print it. It's got it's gotta happen. Yep. I have so, no yeah, problem those... with any of that. Right. That's yeah. my that's my hot take on the command zone rules. Yep.
1: Oh all right here looks like we got a couple more and then we can wrap it up we got one more from uh patron mizu sun and i think this is a hot take they would like the backgrounds so much more i guess common and uncommon backgrounds so much more if they had alternative art like alt arts extended borders special treatments etched foils oh, i guess they have the etched foil uh what do you think liam Would you like the backgrounds more if they had uh, a variation of art on them? No, uh,
3: I do not like the D&D rulebook artwork at all. Um, I actually, the the alternate artwork in in quotes that I would want is etched backgrounds, which we have. So I am happy.
1: We do have that.
3: I'm happy with backgrounds. I really like the way the backgrounds look. They look amazing. Uh, They don't need the alternate rulebook at all.
1: Right. Uh, I do like, lately, and I guess it's been a while, where, like, take Generous ant for example. Like, you have Generous Ent, and then there's, like, a special version of it where it's, like, this full art, beautiful version of it. You know, there you is get that not all the a full art version of Generous Ent. Not that one.
2: Which I think one you're thinking of the of elephants? elephants. Oliphant?
1: Yes, the elephant. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Yep. There's a regular red one, and then there's this big, huge, fancy one that looks awesome. Yeah. I- I'd be cool with that on the backgrounds. Like, give me a... Yeah. You know, Sword Coast Sailor or whatever, Camel Keep Sage, but then give me, like, an awesome one as well. That's fine. But I I don't know that I qualify to even talk about this hot take because I love all the backgrounds as they are. That would just make me love them more.
2: Generally, I'm strongly in favor of, like, additional alt art treatments. I love that there's lots of different kinds of cards and that I can choose the one I like best. Uh, The one exception to that is the the D&D alt art, like... The monster manual I've, pages right, or whatever. Like I've handed a dirty piece of parchment to a four year old and, and give them given them like vague vague clues <laughs> vague of direction. what this monster should look like. <laughs> right. And then photocopied it for two cents each at the like run down place down the street. Like that yeah, that, that does not a, inspire me. I get it.
1: Obvi- Obviously, you know, it's obvious what they were going for, but it just did not Yeah. Didn't work. It didn't work.
2: The the art was not the thing I loved about the second edition monsters manual printed in nineteen seventy nine. Like right. that's not, that's right. not a thing I'm excited to see more of.
1: No, please don't. No, I'm good with that. Yeah, awesome. Well, that seems pretty straightforward. We like fancy art. Give it to us. Yeah. All right. Looks like there's one more on here. I don't know where this one came from. Uh, Liam, did you put this one on here? Uh, I I think you did. But oh, but I it must have
3: forgotten. It says it says not Alcadron. So, I guess that's clearly not Dave. Oh,
1: okay. Perfect. not me. Dave's right. already contributed to, yeah. the, to the hot yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. So, you've
3: heard my hot takes. <laughs> so, not Alcadron from Twitter has decided to put their two cents in. Broke, use only legendary uncommons. Okay. We, we hear that one quite a lot. Uh, mm. Woke, ban legendary uncommons. So, this is clearly not Dave because. Dave does not advocate for bannings,
0: <laughs>
2: correct?
3: Or, or unnecessary
2: bannings. <laughs> I was I was about to argue with you, and then I was like, "No, nah, that's fine. Yeah, You, you don't advocate for <laughs> unnecessary
3: bannings. Bannings, right. um,
2: So, yeah, this is
3: clearly not Dave, not Alcatraz. I. Uh,
2: yeah. This this, is, this feels like another take that's just like a counter take. <laughs>
3: I I mean it. It very clearly is a counter take. They they put what the countering yes. in the take.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I I respect the hell out of it. And honestly, the 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 broke portion of this hot take is one we hear all the time. Yeah,
3: is that there's like, there's enough legendary uh, uncommons that we should just move to using only them, but then we cut out three, four, and five color options.
1: Yeah, and four thousand other cards. Yes. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah. There, I, I I will agree. There are a lot more legendary uncommons these days.
1: Yeah. Almost every signpost we, is legendary. We
3: should anymore. not then ban uncommon creatures, because like, just just a quick Scryfall search, right? Rarity, uncommon type creature, we come up with over four thousand. Right. It's forty four hundred eighty seven. Now, if we only do legends, three hundred nineteen.
1: Less than ten percent. Yeah, not good. And I don't really. I, I can't think of a good metaphor, but I got. I don't know why you would do that. Like, why would you legalize one type of card and then ban all the ones that came before it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That like,
3: if if we did that, we would cut out ninety two point nine percent
1: of the current base. That's so much. Like that's. Yeah, I, I don't think I would want to play that format. No, like it, it, and if you're concerned about it feel free to build all your popper commander decks with legendary creatures or yeah. you know if yeah. you want i don't know just just do it like it's not a thing like at, at that point you know you're just kind of playing edh with 99 commons like i don't want it to be that format. Yeah. no part part of what makes popper edh great is the fact that we can use any uncommon creature right the part i love is literally what dave talked about in the intro getting a deck for a commander he doesn't have that i've never heard of but it sounds awesome you know, sure. like, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, uh, not that it's not that you know, ban all uncommons and only use legendaries, not that that's like a terrible perspective to have, but it's not you don't have to have one to have the other or not have one to not have the yeah. other, however, you want to say it. If you only want to use legendaries, then do it, but that doesn't, yeah, absolutely nobody's stopping you you have fun with it if you build a good deck take it to edh pods kick their butt with 99 commons and have at it go for it yeah but i think it goes back to one of our very first episodes where dave made the excellent point of this is a format where in the command zone is a rarity higher than the rest of the deck like that means a lot because that means that we can use all these uncommon creatures throughout the history of the game, and they actually matter to the deck. You know, your your standard EDH deck can have, if you put twenty five creatures in there, you can have twenty five legendary creatures. Like it doesn't matter; they can all be mythic, and your commander could be uncommon or whatever. Like they don't make that big of a distinction from the command zone to your deck, whereas in PDH. That uncommon three-color creature in the command zone is absolutely probably the most important piece of your deck. So yeah,
2: I actually ran some numbers on this because it, it's mm-hmm. a thing that does come up a lot, where people are saying you, your commanders should be legendary. Yeah, all that. Of of the 106 decks I've put together in paper, Ooh. 37 of them have legendary commanders. Okay. Which, so 37 percent. Yeah. 35% maybe. Um about about a third. Mhm. Uh which is a lot of my decks. Like if I if if the, you know, 70 that don't have legendary commanders abruptly became illegal, like I would still have 37 decks and that's not a small number, but like I love those 70 decks. <laughs> like you can't take them away from me for an aesthetic preference.
1: Like Right. And, you know, that's funny because I'm about the same. If I take, I think I have, at this point, I have like 24 actually 100 card PDH decks built. I have three or four that are missing pieces or whatever. And I think I have about eight or nine of them that are helmed by a legendary creature. So I'm about the same, about 30%, 35% or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I play the other 60 something percent all the time. Because they're just fun. Like I, I don't play yeah. them. I don't play Thunderous Snapper and say, "Damn, I wish I had a legendary turtle to do this." You know, <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. It's just fun. Whatever. So I don't no, know I, if that one's a, a hot take as much as it is. Just like you said, it's a point. It's a conversation that gets brought up quite a bit.
2: Yeah. Well, I I think that not elks is a hot take. Like ban the legendary ones. That's, That's hilarious. amazing. That's amazing. Uh, God, Godspeed, <laughs> not elk. I'm I'm behind you uh I think <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I saw that
3: and
0: I
1: was just yep. like, "Oh my god!" Like it's great. Uh, so we had to save perfect. the best one for last.
2: Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think I think the take that he's responding to the we should only use legendaries. Like that's that's not a hot take. That's just sad.
1: Yeah, and I don't really know why <laughs> you would want to do that. I anyway. like why would you want to restrict ninety percent of a format? Yeah, but.
3: Well, i i I think it's definitely a good way to enter the format. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Brewing with something
1: mm-hmm. you're comfortable yes. with, absolutely. And it's
3: not
2: people like who want legendaries
1: It's should. not like legendary uncommons are illegal. We just don't no. have well, to well, make I mean, them like the only thing.
2: If not, Alcad, their way. Well, that's the true. Legendaries would be illegal. Just <laughs> ban
1: all 300 and whatever it was, 98 of them.
2: Yeah. Hey, I'd rather
3: ban 7.1 percent of the format than 92.9 oh, percent of yeah. it.
1: That's just simple numbers. The math checks out. The math does check out. The fake math checks out. Fake math and not Alcadron. We are on a roll today. All right. Looks like we've reached just about the end. Uh, Did either of you uh, come up with any peeves or hot takes while we were going through the episode? Anything pop in your head? No. Cool. I think we pretty well covered it. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Some pretty scorching takes. Some pretty normal takes. Some pretty... uh, Confusing takes, I think it was a good mix. Good mix of takes and keys. <laughs> and once again, thank you, Average Cobalt, for uh, suggesting. It. Do you remember where was this? A Twitter or was this a? I I thought it was a Twitter. It was labeled as a Twitter, but I can't find oh. them on Twitter. Well, <laughs> it, so it was I a long time ago. Yeah, their so, account. there's been a lot of changes to old Twitter since then. So uh, hopefully, they hear the episode though. And big thanks for suggesting the topic. It was it was a good one. I think that's going to pretty much wrap it up for us for the week, but we want to get to a few more things before we do that. As usual, if you need any more Pauper Commander talk, have any questions about the format, you can always uh, follow the show on Instagram, Twitter. You can email the show. We're literally the PDH pod everywhere. The email is PdhPod at gmail.com. You can head on over to the PDH home base's website. That'll take you to the Discord server. We're all in there as well. You can chat it up with us. Uh, and, you know, you can also find us on Patreon, like I mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash the PDH pod. Uh, you can find Liam and I on X slash Twitter at Pauper command and Popper underscore B, respectively. And as always, you can find Dave as the actual Alkadron just about everywhere else PDH is being talked about. And uh, all these social media links will be down in the show details, so be on the lookout for those. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up episode 66 of the PDH pod, but we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad first for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, come up with some more takes for the next episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. I
0: likey to do the whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
3: what the fuck <laughs> no I couldn't do any of that so I brought
0: pump protects to the party pump. I brought pump protects to the party